Welcome to Wisdom of Fashion, everyone. If one can figure out technology, maybe that would help. But today we're talking about what to wear to the gym when you're on vacation and what to wear to the gym when you're at home or going out for a bike ride. That's all another podcast in itself, but we can touch on that Briefly, as you probably know, my co-host um, of this podcast, Wisdom of Fashion, is a coach by train. By training, he's a coach online. He's an exercise coach in Sacramento, California. He's also a life coach. Hint, hint. By my life coach, and we'll be getting more into that on Tuesday, but. If you guys listened to last week's episode on butterflies, of, with with this week's episode on Tuesday, I'm sorry about that. On Tuesday, we talked about how to work out on the vacation, the fundamentals of working out on vacation. And Mel just said, you can walk across Golden Gate Bridge, you can take a bike across Golden Gate Bridge. So you guys need to listen to that episode to understand today's episode of Wisdom of Fashion. So that's all I'll say about that. And so what I've seen in my travels, when I go to a foreign gym or even at my home gym, a lot of people wear what they call muscle shirts, or I'm sorry, wife beaters. <laughs> um, you probably are shocked to hear those terminologies coming out of my mouth. And a lot of guys wear these tight, spandexy biking, shirt, biking shirts. I saw one today. It was actually a muscle shirt. God, I couldn't believe it. And so... I just think you've got to dress appropriately for the sport, really. And so when you're traveling on a vacation, that's a little bit of a different story because you might be wearing a nice top and exercise um, pants to the gym, but you might also be wearing a sweatshirt. Now, today I'm wearing a sweatshirt should buy say so that's my outfit for today and so i could wear this outfit to a public gym while traveling in the city if i wanted to or i could wear this outfit publicly at my home gym which i did see a woman with a disability who's in the same program i am in with the EXO, and she was wearing, I'm not kidding, a full-fledged sweater to the um, gym. Now, Grant, she has Parkinson's, and I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe with Parkinson's, you also have poor circulation. But me, I'm standing there in a um, long sleeve top and a pair of leggings. I'm not wearing a full-fledged sweater in May, but Grant, 
um, to each their own. So, Mel, how do you feel about this? Hi, guys. Hello, everybody. Hello, Lynn. You know, it's not in any necessary order of importance, but to me it's it's function, breathability, and comfort, and then fit. Okay, so let's let's talk about function first. Depending on the activity that you're doing, it might be a good idea, and also the climate that you're walking into. If you're if you're going to do something indoors and it's cold outside, and obviously you know you're you're leaving your house and it's the winter time, you want to be in layers, right? When you get to the gym, it's going to be pretty much a controlled atmosphere. Temperature should be, you know, pretty controlled, right? And as you start to warm up and get through the body of work, no pun intended, but the body of your workout, um, you have to, you have to um, make sure that you're able to move around comfortably. Um, the worst thing you can do is trap your body heat within you. And, the, 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 I mean, how I did this back in the 80s and 90s where everything was cotton. There was no dry fit material like they have now. And thank God there is because your body temperature rises pretty fast. And if you don't have the ability to, to help your own body's cooling system, then you can overheat, which is not good. And if your aim is to work out as hard as you possibly can, then sure, yeah, you're going to do that. Uh, let's talk about breathability. That comes down to fabric, right? I would have to say that almost 100% of your workout clothes out there, quote, unquote, are breathable fabrics that are going to be dry fit material. And I, I think dry fit is even like a trademark name, but just um, what's the other? Moisture wicking. That's a, that's a generic term Moisture for it. Dry fit, I think. Yeah, I think I think Nike has the has the, the trademark on on that phrase, but it's moisture wicking, right? <clears throat> Which means it pulls away fluids away from your body. That's a great concept. Okay, so um, and that all started with I think the biking industry, the road biking industry, because of the the type of bike types that they they wear and the bike shirts, um, because it's you know, aerodynamic and it's slick and it's fast. It was more, I think it was used more for aerodynamic purposes. So now, all the companies from under, uh, top level companies like Under Armour, Nike, and trickling down all of your mid middle uh, companies like Champion, and uh, even like Walmart brands, Russell Athletic, and all that, all that stuff, they all have their own form of, of moisture wicking material. Now, is one more expensive than the other because of of purpose and quality, maybe. I don't know. I'm not that technically savvy in the fabric industry, but maybe it is. I don't know. Or are you just really paying for the name? Um, and then fit. Oh, my God, that's a big one, right? Um, <laughs> again, to me, fit is all about the body's ability to translate the outfit. I hope I said that correctly or, you know, kind of paint a, paint a picture in your mind with that. If... Uh, I always say, and I've always believed this, a tailored suit for a man is what lingerie is for a woman. I really think it's the same thing with workout clothing. If you are a blocky person that looks like a barrel and you've got a lot of, you know, midsection to you, don't wear a skin-tight, body-hugging piece of dry-fit material, moisture-wicking shirt. Don't do it. It just doesn't look right. And honestly... It's not really healthy for the body to wear something that tight anyway. There are 
there is your, I'm talking about compression wear, right, where it's absolutely skin, second skin. The second level is fitted, and then the, the rest is just regular or relaxed. I always go with the fitted and relaxed because I like to have air breathing through my body in between my skin and my fabric. If I'm going to wear compression, and I do, I use that if I'm on a road bike for, I don't know, 25 to 50 miles, or if I'm going to um, get on a baseball diamond or a softball diamond. I absolutely wear that for sure, just to keep my joints and my muscles warm when I'm throwing and hitting. So um, <clears throat> those are the three areas when, that I think are important to remember. Um, full-fledged cotton sweatshirts while you're working out probably aren't really necessary. I see people run on the street to go running in full-on sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts over their head and they're running. And I'm thinking to myself, no way. There's, I couldn't even begin to do that. My body heat goes up so fast and so high, I can't wait to peel off layers. And even in, in the wintertime or in the rain, I don't wear jackets, like running jackets like most people do. I wear one layer, either a long sleeve if it's really cold outside, or a short sleeve if it's just mild weather. Simply because my body's going to heat up and it's going to, and, and it, when it mixes, when this, the air outside hits my skin and it's cooling it down, it's a good balance. I've never really been into the whole mode of, let me cover myself up from head to toe so I can sweat the fat out. No, not true at all. You've got to allow your natural body, body's cooling system to work together. And um, the old days of, you know, the wrestling coach saying, throw on the, the water suit, you know, the, the, the plastic bag sweatsuit, um, are pretty much over. I'm not really sure they even do that anymore. And if they do, it's very antiquated and it's very dangerous. So anyway, I think that's, uh, that's appropriate for whether you're on vacation uh, or whether you're working out at home. A gym is a gym. A workout's a workout. Why would you change your fashion sense in both atmospheres and environments? Maybe yeah. you buy something cool and new because you're going to be on vacation, right? Because it's nice. Okay, great. I'll buy that. Literally. You know, but when it comes to, you know, the function of it all, it, it's got to have breathability. It's got to have the right fit for the purpose. And then the color scheme and all that, well, that's on, that's up to you. If you don't care what it looks like and you don't mind looking up at, you know, Mixed up Japanese tourists, okay, yeah, fine. But if you're right. the kind of person, you know, but if you want to, you know, matchy-matchy all the way down to your shoelaces, so be it. No big deal, right? Exactly. Now, I have a question. Okay. okay. A couple of weeks ago, I was in my gym and home, and granted, they turned the heat down. So much that I said to PTs, is it cold in here or is it just me? Because it's a, just me, I'm getting sick. So what do we do when the climate-controlled gym gets so cold that we can't function? Great question. So sometimes large facilities will, may only have one or two you know, cooling units, and they can't shut off particular rooms to be cooler than the other, so they have to blast it on all the way, and as you know, heat travels upwards, so the downstairs is going to be a whole lot colder than the upstairs, right? So in, in that case, again, like I said earlier, layers really matter. 
if you have a base layer of a T-shirt, like, you know, for women, obviously you got your sports bra, I would assume, you know, sports bra, um, base layer, fitted or compression shirt, whichever you prefer, or, or loose, whichever one, and then another base layer of one more, uh, preferably I would say another uh, moisture wicking material that's a, that's a long sleeve that's in the form of a pullover um, uh, or a jacket would be the best thing. If you just had that on the entire time as your warm-up, your body would kind of adjust to that exterior temperature anyway. If you start out, <clears throat> excuse me, if you start out your workout with just your base layer of a t-shirt, even if it's moisture wicking, especially if it's moisture wicking, that's like not wearing any shirt at all. So you're not going to get any warmth or cold protection from that as, as opposed to wearing a, a cotton t-shirt. And it's not going to trap any heat at all. So if it's already cold to begin with, it could be very hard to try to get your body temperature to, to go up enough to, to deflect that. So I think the only way you could really repel that, so to speak, and adjust to it is to wear two layers going into the workout if you know that the building you're going to habitually is cold. And if it's, and if you don't know that, and going into it, it is cold right when you start. Just leave that jacket on or leave that pullover on. And if you get to an aerobic part of your workout where it's, you know, it's moving and your body temperature goes up and, and you're hot and you have a hard time breathing, then peel it off. But put it back on right away when your workout's done before your body temperature settles down so you can do a, sl- a simple adjustment from being inside to going back out to the outside. That's it. Yeah, exactly. They put me in two cold places. My work and the gym. And um, unfortunately, I have poor circulation. I also sweat like there's no tomorrow. So uh, <clears throat> that's the benefit of having cerebral palsy. But I am a little lucky duck that gets both sweating and poor circulation. Most people with cerebral mm. palsy have one or the other. Nope, not win. Right. He has both. So, um, ah, okay. Bendical okay. on that one. But that was my question to you as to um, what is going on and you there with? 